This is Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast with Roscoe, the fanalist, and Southy. Hello, hello. It's been a whole 24 hours, but we're back. We're back with another episode because we're trying to get back on schedule for all of you and get uploading more and more. So after today, we're going to be uploading right after the game. So uh, as soon as that game ends, we're hitting record. So that's your deadline to send us questions, and that is also your deadline to send us the code word that we are going to drop at some point during this episode to uh, be entered into our holiday contest. We've got lots of fun stuff. Like we've got, and they're all in front of me here. We've got stickers. Look at these. These are awesome. These are from at Optimus Rhyme Forty Seven Victoria. Uh, we've got fun stuff like Leafs mini stick and ball. Why not? We got jerseys, we got, uh, we got Carlton, we got Funko Pops, tons of fun stuff. Very uh, nice. That's all part of our, our 12 games of holiday giveaways. Get out of here, Ellen. Ours now. Stole it. Took it. <laughs> no cars. <And> real, <laughs> no cars, though. Real quick, uh, gotta say congratulations to our very own Steph the Fanalist for winning some more some Leaf tickets from, uh, from Mission 22. Thanks, Mission 22. Huge. Yeah. Big shout out. Oh my God. Thank you so much, Mission 22. I seriously thought I was dreaming when I saw that text last night. That's why I (laughs) tweeted like, is this real life? But wow, section 109. Can't ask for anything better. Thanks again. You guys rock. So glad we stumbled upon you guys. So that is for uh, next Tuesday's game against Columbus in Toronto. And uh, surprise, it's going to be all three of us going to the game, and we're going to be uh, doing a podcast from Toronto, which is going to be super cool, because we're, we're going to figure out how to do with that, I guess. <laughs> a real post-game yes. catch. real post-game. And uh, just, to, just to give you guys an idea, Andrew's right here, my hand. Look at that. You can't see if you're listening <laughs> to us, but Andrew and I are in the same room right now. No internet problems today. You know, this is how we... That's how we fix things. We adapt on the fly just to get you the content you love. So uh, four-game road trip for the Leafs, 18 goals for, four goals against. Islanders and all of California left in the dust. How do we feel, guys? Feeling great. You know, like yesterday we said the California road trip was a scary thought, but and it's a rare thing, right? Uh, The last time it happened was in... 2018 not too long ago but then before that it was only in 1995 this is only the third time ever the Leafs have swept California on a road trip so that says a lot the feelings are just great you can't ask for anything better right now yeah they lost all three of them last time they were there didn't they (laughs) probably (laughs) it was oh two and one was the record yeah that's really impressive Usually it's like a gauntlet to go through there. And like Seth said, it's only been done twice before. Um, they're not really quite the powerhouses that they used to be, but still they're pretty strong teams. And the most impressive thing is uh, just the way they played. Oh, dominant. Like you watch them, they're flying all over the place. You're getting, uh, you know, the top line is on fire. I mean, Matthew scores again. You get one from, uh, from Nylander. Just what you expect from all the top guys, you know, it's nice to see again, I was watching the, uh, the American Bali sports feed and they're just talking about how dangerous the Leafs look and man, dangerous is the right word for it. Oh, I wish I watched the American feed, honestly, like 
after watching the last two games before Anaheim, it was it was so nice hearing all those compliments from the commentators, announcers, you know, just all those little things, such a cherry on top. But coming into the Anaheim game, I didn't know what to expect because they were third in the Pacific. They're, they were 11-8-2 before last night's game. Uh, you know, Troy Terry's on fire with 23 points in 21 games this season. He's still shooting a very high percentage of 27.1%. And then you have Getzlav, who we've mentioned previous episodes. He's finally fantasy valuable again. The guy has 20 points in 21 games, but mostly assists, 19 assists, one goal. And I was going to say, that. we have 19 that. assists, though. His shooting percentage is 1.8%. So that says hey. a lot. He's moving into the jumbo role. He knows what he's good for. I mean, he's always been yeah. a passing guy. He's just, you know, just taking a step back. I just, I love, I tweeted this out, but I love that Troy Terry is uh, like two letters off from Corey Perry, who's yes. playing with Getzlav. It's just so close to the old, uh, old line mate for him there. Yeah. yeah. No, it's nice to see Getzlav producing like that too, though. The past few years, he's been, you know, sliding down a little bit. You're worrying that his career is coming to an end, but this has been a true renaissance for him this year. Yep, honored with his uh, thousandth point at home there. They uh, had a big ceremony for him before the game. That was cool to see. Oh, yeah. uh, Bali Sports, by the way, just to, uh, I mean, as much as we appreciate that everybody is learning hockey and new fans are always appreciated, um, the Nylander that plays for the Leafs, who's number 88, is not Michael Nylander. It is William Nylander. <laughs> Michael is his father. <laughs> I know that is probably the last time that you guys watched hockey, but uh, yeah, Michael's yeah. long retired. I totally missed that, but I saw the tweets and I was like, what is going on with this American feed? Like, we'll give him a pass once in a while, but come on, Michael Nylander. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I, I heard something went wrong with the TSN one, too. They they cut to an interview with Spezza before they were ready and you heard them, like, prepping for it. Did you, either of you guys catch that? Yes. No, I didn't catch that. You did? Okay, what happened? Because obviously I didn't see that feed. I don't know. It's just everyone, they weren't on the same page and you can hear the rumbling, the rustle and bustle in the background, just chit chat. It's, it's It was just a fail moment for oh, TSM. Amateur hour. <laughs> yeah. yeah, amateur hour. But I got a shout out to Jason Spezza as well. The 1200th game, only the hey, 117th huge. player in league history to do so. So wow. he's in the same time era as Ryan Getzlav, right? So um we have to highlight that and kudos to guest lab as well, reaching that thousand uh, point with the Anaheim ducks first player in franchise history. So kudos to these guys. Like they're showing the way for these young players, especially like we, we talked about Troy Terry and uh, Zegris. That's another dangerous name that's new in the league. So no, it's really impressive considering like these guys were number ones for so long, so dominant in the league. And now like they've shifted their game and they've really adapted and they're really, really important parts of their teams now. Yeah, I mean, Getzlav playing his entire career just with the Ducks is, I mean, the Anaheim Ducks are not a team that you'd think anybody's going to say, yeah, this is where I'm going to spend my career is just <laughs> dig in with the Ducks. But hey, good for him. Yeah, and it was getting a little scary for the Ducks last year. Last year, they actually made a franchise record in the opposite direction for having the lowest points in their history mm -hmm. so off to a fabulous start and i thought it was going to be a you know like one of those back and forth games between both teams but luckily it, you know the hockey gods were on our side and yeah the leafs started off pretty sloppy not gonna lie like 
the first couple plays, you're like, come on, guys, pull it together. And the first period, the Ducks outshot the Leafs 14 to 10. No goals, no penalties, nothing really happened. It was really loose, but the fun started in the second period. Yeah, I even tweeted during the first, like, a very interesting gift that I found of this girl in a box at a, uh, a Washington Capitals game, just like, like falling asleep in her hands. <laughs> and I tweeted that out like someone score. And uh, Matthew scored like almost immediately after. Nice. Yeah. I saw some tweets. They were like, this game is boring. I'm like, get off the bandwagon then. No yeah. game is boring. Okay. Like you cannot tell me that a Leafs game is boring. You, There's so much going on, whether you're watching from home or it, obviously live at the arena, but yeah. Second period. Nice puck recovery from Marner in the corner, straight to Bunting. He was like, eh, in front, pass to Brody, big shot. You know, I love to see that defender big shot and tipped in front by Matthews. Third straight game for Matthews, or third straight goal for Matthews, rather, and 10th on the year. So kudos to him Third as straight well. five-on-five five goal, too. And for the big yes. shot, it was nice that uh, Brody didn't have to, you know, line up for a big clapper. It was just a quick wrist shot, got it off really hard. A uh, good spot, nice and high, still below the bar, but nice play. Man, that tip, like it was. Oh, it's nice to see the goals that are a little different for Matthews, like not him uh, taking his shots from the circle there. But that tip was so beautiful; like it was coming straight at his stick and just boop, little little move and top corner. Let's go. That's a great point. Like he's not scoring the highlight real goals right now, but these are type of playoff game, uh, playoff goals that are going to make a huge difference, especially later on the season, yeah. and obviously 100%. in the playoffs. Hundred percent. It didn't even look like he touched it. Eh? It happened so quickly mm-hmm. that I had to watch that replay a couple times. And even people on Twitter were like, mm-hmm. "Was that Brody's? Was that Matthews?" And we just weren't sure. But yeah, second period again. Odd man rush from big huge pass from Muzzin straight to Marner to Bunting, who pretty much gives him a gift and. Gibson looking tiny, tiny in the net, leaving a wide open net for Bunting to just tap it in. Oh my God. Lovely. Love it. Here all day for it, especially for a guy like Bunting. So Muzzin has pulled this pass off a few times now, like recently, even like on this road trip, just the stretch, like "Mm, you're good all the way down the ice, like (laughs) just the blue line. Oh my God. His confidence breaking out of the, their zone right now is so much better than it was at the beginning of the season. Like that's a vintage muds and pass. Oh, yeah. And that's something we really need to see from him. Yeah. That's a Stanley like, cup winner pass from. Muzzin. I was going to say exactly. it's, it's LA Stanley cup style play. I love that. He so probably he visited little, those uh, rings. Eh? He said he was going to visit the rings on the trip. And yeah. Maybe first he just gave pandemic. him a rub. <laughs> yeah. Should have brought him a little Hall rub. With him. Here, Justin, just, just put your hand right here. Here. You feel that? Hold this. I can get you that if you stop being an idiot. This is uh, what winning feels like, Justin. Now hold it. Say a prayer and <laughs> remember this. Goodbye. <laughs> so uh speaking of LA, uh Kerfoot got the next goal. And a boy. Kerfoot leading the league not the league, uh, the Leafs uh five of five goals. Love to see that. Is he actually? Holy mm-hmm. shit, I didn't know that. Yeah, everybody's saying he... Kerfoot. Oh, he's only got a couple goals now. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, Kerfoot has 14 points on the season, and if you look at the um, roster, it's JT, Nylander, Marner, Matthews, all within three points of each other. Then it's Bunting, Kerfoot, who have the same amount of points, 14 Good on the them. year. 
And for a fraction of what Hyman gets paid, he gets paid a sixth of what Hyman gets paid. It's pretty much even on par. Hyman has 15 points in 20 games. Bunting has 14 points in 22 games. Hey, I'll take it all day. Like you said, for the price tag, that's some great secondary scoring. Oh, yeah. And even what's three and a half for Kerfoot? Like, come on. That's what you yeah. that's what you need, right? It's just a couple uh, sub $5 million guys that are going to uh, even out the scoring. And I mean, come on, this 18 goals for that's not just from the top guys. Like that was all across the top lines. And the yeah. yeah. And it's important to note, too, that uh, Kashe didn't play this game again. And we rely so much on Kashe to provide provide that scoring presence on the third line and camp kind of relieves those defensive duties that Kerfoot once had in prior years. So now he's finally getting that scoring touch and the the ability to put something on the score sheet because he doesn't have to worry so much of playing that center role and you can just be a winger again. Yeah. Um, So Kerfoot keeps it up and uh, him and Nylander have a little, nice little back and forth. So, uh, for some reason, the net was empty. I don't really, I don't get why they pulled the goalie at this point, but they did. <laughs> and uh, Nylander kind of did all the work, threw it off to Kerfoot, and Kerfoot's like, no, 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 please, I insist. You yeah, finish. he even came out afterwards, after the game, and said it too. Like, Willie did all the work. Oh, he, he did? Yeah, he deserved the cookie there. Nice, nice. Classy. Classy, uh, but scary, because even our friend Molly said, like, that was just a little bit of an anxiety moment. Too many passes, too many pretty plays, especially in front of an empty net, had me thinking like, okay, guys, just one of you, put it in. <laughs> okay. You get like I step in flashbacks. Yeah, hey. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Luke Man had the question, uh, who was more selfless on this goal? Well, the answer's gotta be uh not Willie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well Kerfoot all day. Yeah. I think that's an easy one. Definitely. Uh, so we all thought that was going to be the end of the game for uh, for the Leafs there at four goals. Thank you very much. But then Wayne Train, baby, sneaks one in. Was not expecting that. I was literally like almost not even paying attention to the game anymore. And uh, the beauty, actually, just picked up a rebound and threw it to the side of the net real quick. Yeah, big rush to the net, picks up the loose change, makes it 5-1, you know, assist from Engvall. We spoke about him last episode too, right? And this is a type of guy who needs to be present and show that show his skills and adjust his game because we mentioned that he's only averaging less than 10 minutes per game and his role has changed with the Leafs, right? So I was so happy for him. I had this feeling because Wayne kind of scores in little chunks right so for mm-hmm. my tim's pick i picked wayne simmons and i was like oh damn but then ballsy. it got in nice. i was, got two out of three nice but so happy for him and it's not that he needs the confidence booster because he's always the go-to guy one of the go-to guys in the room that can hold his own he's a veteran right but yeah. hey it's a cherry on top so he'll take for sure that. He's had a great road trip too. And like you said, for the first time in his career, he's averaging under 10 minutes, but he's starting to rack up a few points, a couple assists, the two goals on the trip. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, he has eight points on the season. Not too bad for a fourth liner, right? And he was once a 30-goal scorer back in the day. And, of course, Wayne still has the shot. He still has the skill. He put that butt right in front of the net. Like, he does whatever you want him to do. So, one of the better developing some really good chemistry with Spezza. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes, good old vintage. Like... Oh, I was I was really hoping he would sink one just, you know, because it's his 1200th game, but always applaud his positional play and the way he jumps up on that second power play unit, even though we didn't see much of that last game, because I think the first power play unit took majority of the time out there. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's just great. And hometown guys. So important it. on face offs too. Yes, yes. I always forget about that aspect because our fantasy league doesn't count face-offs. But Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, amazing on the dot. Leafs are conquering the dot, you know, huge part of the play. And we're we're first, baby. Like, we're first in the Atlantic. How? Time for first in the whole league. Speaking of face-offs, how was that not a penalty? I know. Uh, if you what missed even it, happened. Okay, so I don't remember which players it was, but so the, both teams lined up for face-off in the Leafs and, the, and Ducks, and the Ducks player got thrown out. I'm assuming because somebody's foot was in the circle. So the center went over to the right wing, and the right wing came in to take the center, the face-off. The linesman did one of those like pump fakes with the puck, and the center who was over on right wing just immediately skated around the Leafs and started going in. He hadn't dropped the puck yet. The linesman then drops the puck and Anaheim fed it over to their guy. And Keefe started yelling like, um, that's a penalty. You can't do that. And then they came over and had a little lengthy discussion with him. And it ended with uh, no penalty for some reason. So I don't know. He was heated. It was was very heated. heated. I wish we had him mic'd up or I'm waiting for, uh, I want to send that into John boy for him to lip read because oh boy, oh boy. I don't think you can ever have him mic'd up. It would just be bleeped out every second word. That's why I want to send it to John Boy. He has no problem doing it. He did uh, one on Rick Bonus. Just, you know, where's the fucking fight? That was good. <laughs> it's funny. Um, we talk about these penalties and they're not getting called. Meanwhile, on Instagram, the Ducks obviously post that they couldn't beat Campbell. And the entire comment section was about how the Leafs didn't... Nothing was called... Uh, against them and that Anaheim were shorthanded the entire time because the refs were for the Leafs and all. <laughs> that's why I love listening to these outer feeds and looking at other types of comments besides Leafs Nation just to get that general perspective but wow like w- nothing was missed besides that one one um, face-off situation we're talking about right now uh, am I missing something I don't know no I thought it was a really well officiated game other than the face-off but to hear the Leafs being favored by the refs that's a, that's a first there were yeah I mean it's one of those things where I think everybody in the stadium sees it a little differently than people watching the broadcast like someone goes down and there's a stick involved and they just assume that's a tripping call and everyone starts booing and chanting refs you suck but I mean when you see it on the broadcast that I think it was Sandine got all puck first and you know the guy fell over them each other after i don't know so it, like i said it's just it looks different when you're just seeing it from the the stadium there but yeah. uh, the go leafs go chance and the soup chance were loud yes Soupy's the been getting chance really... in every barn it's great yes love it love that it's following the leaves around and 
you know, good on him. And the Ducks really tried to push back. They outshot the Leafs 20 to 11 in the last period. So, you know, they tried to do something, anything to get, you know, but it everything was on Jack Campbell and he saved the day once again, plus the Leafs defense defensive play. I don't know. I don't have anything bad to say for once. Like, no, they were good. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Uh, I'm really, really... I, I, okay, so for anybody who doesn't know, my fantasy team uh, employs both Jack Campbell and Gibson. So I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so I had a choice to make. And uh, given the Leafs history, last week I said, you know what? I'm going to bench Gibson. And oh, boy, was that a good idea. Yeah. I yeah, should have... Uh... Oh, uh oh, you know what that's time for. We're Ooh. gonna drop our code word. Ooh. Roasted duck. Dun dun dun. Roasted nice. duck. That's the code Ro- because uh we roasted the ducks and uh it's appropriate. We're having roasted duck for dinner, boys, so tasted yeah. good. Yeah, so you're going to message us on uh, either Instagram or on Twitter with Roasted Duck. And if you have retweeted our big contest uh, tweet that is pinned to the top of our Twitter, you'll be entered in our draw that ends as soon as the final buzzer goes for the next game on Wednesday. So we'll be recording Wednesday night and we will announce the winner of the draw today. So that is like 48 hours and and change that you have to get that code word to us. You can win some of our fabulous prizes. So exciting. So, so exciting. exciting. Very exciting. Um, real quick, just before we got on here, uh, we got the update that Brad Marchand was suspended three games <laughs> for slew footing Oliver Ekman Larson. Uh, this all, well, there is a review on, um, I mean, there was the Artemi Panarin thing like the day before, which is hilarious. Like, can this guy stop <laughs> for like five seconds <laughs> yeah I, I excuse me i saw on twitter that uh a guy that we follow nick says he should have just threw the glove instead i laughed out loud i was like wow three games versus a five thousand dollar fine yeah throw both gloves <laughs> that's good no this guy's really got a slop slew footing though it's like once every year every two years he's doing it his whole career he's been doing this it's such With a dirty PK play, Subban. too. Yeah. Yeah. PK I mean, Subban, it's like, twice this year. Yeah, three games even feels light for it. No kidding, especially for, like you said, he's a repeat offender at this. I mean, there was the uh, the move that Brian McCabe used to do, the can opener, and, you know, they basically outlawed an entire move because it was cheap that one guy was doing it. Yeah. So this is Marshawn's move, is slew-footing everybody. They should up every time he gets caught for this. It should be another two games until he stops doing it. Yeah, I think it was Bieska who said um, for P.K. Subban in the summer when he trains with him or if he ever sees him, he's just going to tape his two feet together while he's on the (laughs) ice because the guy cannot stop like making his legs just almost splitting on the ice, you know, like (laughs) I just thought that was so funny when it happened. But yeah. Oh, speaking of that reminds me, this was about a month ago, but I saw a funny thing on um on John Boy again. I'm just always going to find these funny videos from him. Shut up. So uh, Vince Dunn and Ryan Nugent Hopkins skates got caught together. Did you see this? 
Yes. No. So they were in front of the net, and the loop of his, you know how like oh the wait, back, I did see the, yeah, the back yeah, of the skate comes this, up. Yeah. yeah, the loop went like right around it, and they got caught together, and the play went like on a... for like a solid fifteen seconds mm-hmm. before the refs like, wait, something's wrong here. I should blow the whistle. They were like linked, like chain linked together. <laughs> they were just oh yeah, stuck. I've never seen that before. No. Wow. It, I, yeah, honestly, like for how easy it seems to be possible for that to happen, like it's, it's I've never seen that. It's crazy. Yeah. Or for the blade to just randomly fall out of your skate, like I've never. Oh, had that oh happen to okay. Me. What was it, like three times in two games? Three times in two oh. games. So I have Darcy Kemper on my team, and I'm looking at his stats. Like, what is happening? Like, why does he keep getting pulled from games? He almost, not he, the equipment manager. For the Colorado Avalanche, almost lost me this week just off my goalie stats. <laughs> so <sighs> Kemper was playing and his blade fell out. And uh, the goal was like he basically couldn't skate. Like he was on the side of the post. He couldn't stand. And he fell across the net. And the goal, you know, puck goes in under him. They counted it. So he goes and uh, they put a new one in. And it falls out too. So they put the backup in. It's like, what? The, what is going on here? So the next game... He's skating out, and the thing falls out again. <laughs> he was pissed. Like, are you joking? So I threw the backup out. Second period. Kemper skates out just as they're skating out for the period. He falls, and he's, like, sitting on the ice and just looks back, and it was like a death stare to the equipment <laughs> manager. Like, I'm getting you fired. This is insane. Like, wow. where are we buying these skates from? Holy. Toys R Us. <laughs> Play it against sports. Play it again and again and again. (laughs) Because I'm looking at it. I'm like, how has he stopped five of six shots? But there's like 27 shots against in this game. Oh, because he got pulled. So he got like a five GAA for playing like six shots of the first period. (laughs) And then the next game, the same thing happened. The best part is he was playing Anaheim. So I had Kemper and Gibson in. Colorado scored five goals, but Kemper got credited with a five GAA. So both my goalies led in five goals somehow in one night playing each other. Good thing you're in first. Good thing you're in first. That's all I got to (laughs) say. And it's not even like close. You have quite a little bit of a lead on me. And I got like 19 points last week and I'm still like 20 behind you. So... Yeah, but Shut I almost up. lost to somebody who's in eleventh place and didn't set their lineup. Like, can, if I had yeah. fallen out of first place because of that, that yeah. would be yeah. After beating Speak- everybody who's actually playing. Ugh. Speaking of lineups, um, shout out to Brandon. Make sure, kids, that your goalies have your minimum starts in your fantasy leagues, or oh, else yes. those stats do not count. Oh, I felt so, so bad. So, a little bit of a morning. panic this morning. Mm-hmm. Right, mess. I'm the commissioner for the league. Okay. Oh God, what did Yahoo mess up now? Oh nope, the guy has four goalies and only started two of them or whatever it was. <laughs> Luckily, Yahoo yeah. literally responded within 30 seconds. I'm like, okay, thankfully this isn't a uh, glitch or an error. But I mean, hey, in week it's okay. eight, you got to know that though. Yeah, yeah, I don't feel bad. I mean, that's what happens when you have four goalies, but two, two or three of them are backups, right? Like, and not even like playable backups. Like Spencer Knight, he's starting ooh. more often now. But then you have Dree. I think one of his guys was Drieger, who barely starts right yeah. for Seattle. 
And those predictions from before draft where we thought Knight and Drieger would be maybe splitting 60-40, but things turned around this season. Mm. And Bobrovsky yeah. found his game. Bobrovsky yeah, had back. to. He's $10 million sitting on the bench. Like, if he didn't, it would be, like, the biggest bust in history after maybe Rick DiPietro. I'm happy about it. He's my starting tender. Nice. That was ballsy of your nice. pick. I was, like... I knew. Whew. I would never. Just from the previous seasons. No, that was a great, great pickup by you. And even with like Markstrom, right? Because Calgary, sometimes they're not on it. Like last Mm -hmm. year, they were hot, cold, hot, cold. And I wanted a good defensive team. And this year, wow, they're just proving me wrong with my predictions. So good. Yeah, they really look like a a Daryl team this year, too. So defensive. Uh, Not really an Ed's text, but an Ed phone call. Hey, Dad. Um, he was telling me the exact same thing. He's like, oh, this looks like a Daryl Sutter team through and through. It's great. 100%. Yeah. It's good. But his uh, favorite player, uh, shout out, Andrew Mangiapane. Mm. Just yes. slaying for my fantasy team. He's got 15 goals already. I'm in Kreider. I picked up Mangiapane. Maybe, I don't even know if I drafted him. I think I grabbed him off waivers like the first or second day. And Chris Kreider was 13th round. And the two of them are like second or, or third and fourth in goals in the league right now. Half your team is from the waiver wire. Like yeah. it's just yeah. those hot waiver wire pickups where I'm wondering, like, who the hell did you drop, Johnny, to have so many wire Colton pickups Pareko that stayed? And Toy Vuterovinen and Jake Muzzin and <laughs> I made a lot of bad picks, like yeah. defense wise. Like Yeah. Oh. Why would you draft sorry, love the leaves, but you don't draft Jake Muzzin no, unless you're in like a, a 25 darling. team. Yeah, like if you have 25 people in your league, then yeah, you got to go deep, deep, deep. But Jake Muzzin, who doesn't play on the power play, come on, rookie move. Um, yeah, I've dropped Ivan Provorov. Basically, all the defensemen I drafted, I dropped. Ivan Provorov has been absolute garbo. Um, mm-hmm. What's he at now? He's got Yandel two goals. took over his spot. Yeah. Uh, Anders Lee I dropped, Blake Wheeler I dropped, Jake... Okay, my ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th pick, I've dropped all of them. Uh, Toy Vuterovine and Pavel Buchnevich, who I shouldn't have dropped, but... He's heating up again. Yeah, he's heating up again. They were playing like shit this morning, or the earliest season. And Colton Pareko. So I only... Like, half of my team I've gotten rid of, if not more. Wow. Wow. But... To replace them, I've gotten like Manjapani and Hyman and Kairu and Granlin, so and Batherson. So. Well, Batherson I drafted last. I but thought yeah. you were dropping Granlin and giving him to me, and then you uh, I was going him. to, but then uh, <laughs> decided not to because he's like really good. Then you realized he's valuable, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Fuck no!" Nope. Well, I, <laughs> I'm at this point where I had so many guys coming off of injury that I'm like, I, I don't know who to get rid of here. I've still got Darnell Nurse and. Um, Somebody else still injured. Batherson's still out too. He's coming back. Mm. Um, I, once Ottawa comes home on the first, so gotta figure out who to drop then. Um, figuring out who to drop is also a situation that the San Jose Sharks find themselves in, <laughs> as Evander yes. Kane clears waivers and they basically advertise we will retain fifty percent of his salary. Who wants him? Yeah. Uh, so I was right, Steph. Nobody you wants were. him. Uh, nobody will take yeah. him. Nobody will take him at fifty percent of his salary, and wow. uh, so I think someone takes him this year. It I, might I, not be right away, 
But within the new year, I predict someone for sure takes them. Three and a half mil, they might. At seven mil, there was no way he was getting claimed on waivers. Like, that was an easy pass through to just get him through the system. But the thing is, I think because he cleared, he now... Oh, how does it work when they clear waivers? The next team that calls him up, he doesn't have to clear to come back up to the NHL, right? Um, I think that's how it works because he cleared to go sure. down. He he would whoever he signs with, they can pull him up for free. Yeah, he is going to be a steal, no matter how you look at look at it. Even with Tony D'Angelo, right? Like, um. You keep he's saying that, the- and it makes me think he's going to go to Carolina. That's the only place that he fits. <laughs> like, with his attitude, he has to be with a team that goes, I don't give a shit. And I think Rod yes. Brindamore's team is the one that yeah. goes, if you're going to play, just keep it to yourself. And I a cup care. contending team. Yeah. I think he can yeah. go to Carolina. Evander Kane had 49 points in 56 games last year, so... There is going to be interest. This guy has, was a top line guy, first power play guy. Like, I totally take back my statement from yesterday because I thought he was going to get snatched up just like that. But no, maybe he needs the, the month or so in the AHL, play with a Barracuda, and then come back up and see what everyone's talking about because, you know, the guy likes to score goals and he's going to score goals. And fantasy owners are all over him like a a person in our league picked him up i know in a couple other leagues he was picked up because he's valuable for hits power play points shots like a maniac so his whole career this guy has been a beast like a first line player huge point producer um yeah someone's definitely gonna pick him up for that he's gonna spend some time in the a prove that his game is still there and most importantly not be an asshole yeah. Well, that's the thing is I don't think Carolina cares if he's an asshole. I'm just looking at their um, cap space though, and they don't have any. This guy's I got track record of being a like a cancer in the room. He's oh yeah, it's a big gamble to take I mean, him. I mean, he swung at his own goalie. He's a Trump supporter and vocal about it. Yeah. Well, politics aside, just like the shit he does. Yeah. It was the first player. It was him, right? That was the first player suspended by his own team for making a racial slur against a teammate in in the OHL. Like, come on. (laughs) But D'Angelo now, you know, quarterbacking that first power play unit, picking up the points like crazy. He's been awesome on two of my fantasy teams. And, you know, I'm a gambling woman. Like at the end of the the day, I don't really care about these ethics and morals. Like I want to win my fantasy leagues. I'm sorry, guys. That's just how I feel. Like outside of the fantasy world. Yes, I care. Like this guy, they should take a few courses. Like, you know, like join the club but when it comes down to fantasy i'm in it to win it and if that means playing d'angelo who has already has six power play points on the season he's up to 19 points in 20 games hell yeah i'm taking that all day long i'm pretty sure that's why they fired bergeve he probably would have picked him up yeah (laughs) of course uh so d'angelo's on a million dollars this year right that's a steal yeah yeah and but, it's guys like D'Angelo and Kane who have everything to prove at this point. Like mm-hmm. their past resume, it doesn't matter to some, even though, of course, it looks good. But they're going to want to be team players. They're going to want to put themselves back in this league and be relevant and extend their their longevity in the NHL. Or else they're going to 
play in the KHL or Europe or somewhere, you know, like they yeah. don't have any other career options. These hockey players, it's, it's hockey or nothing. So. These guys have one chance really to prove themselves after what they've done. So like you said, yeah, he's really got to bet on himself, get his shit yeah. together. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So we'll see. Like, I don't know. I think it's way before the trade deadline that someone uh, picks up Evander Kane, but that's just me. I think so too. My fantasy brain thinking, you know, <laughs> but uh, if we come back down to the real world, uh, I don't know, maybe New Year's. I'd say February, probably sometime. Give him a month, a month or so m- a before month? trade deadline. Yeah, Who's I think so. Cap space. Um, he's not going back to Buffalo. That's for fucking sure. Hundred percent not. <laughs> Um, there was talk maybe Vancouver, his hometown, but they don't have the money. Yeah, no, that's true. Benning's made I keep that. seeing Vancouver. Vancouver is up in a lot of conversations because you know they're there's just, trade talk. Yeah, it's yeah. horrible for them right now, so they'll take anything that they can get. But okay, so let's say it is Vancouver. They got to clear three and a half million dollars for him because they have current cap space two point four, projected cap space zero. I don't really get how this works, but. Um, let's assume they have zero cap space. <laughs> they got to clear out three and a half million. That's like, what do you give up? Tanner Pearson, mm, Connor Garland I don't think at four point nine. No, I don't think so either. Pearson's playing uh, on the first line and first power play unit. I think they're really pri- prioritizing him right now. Tyler Myers, yeah, at six million. That's a big ticket. Hell yeah, I'd trade that draft any day. He's one of the one of the other long necks in the league. Like he's not a good player in my opinion, but that's just no. me. Um for six million a year. Mm, I think it would yeah. involve Vancouver retaining more than half the salary at that point if they were gonna give them somebody that's six million. I think it's gonna be a lot of because so many teams are strapped for their cap, it's gonna be like whatever you're giving us is what we'll retain of his contract. Yeah. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Like up to the fifty percent, because I mean, like, like I'm looking at Carolina. If you were to go there, what, yeah, what did they got? They got Toivu at five and a half, Niederreiter at five, Troche at four. So you're, mm-hmm. I mean, there's nobody in that range, and there's nobody that they want to get rid of, like Brett Pesci, maybe at at four million, but like, probably not. Exactly, probably not, unless you want to trade Jake Gardner, who's on LTIR at four million. Yeah, and Vancouver's also facing that uh, Lolongo payout, the Holtby mm-hmm. and Vertanen uh, payout. So. Yeah, I was paying for Vertanen and Holtby this year, along with Lolongo, mm-hmm. and then just the two guys next year. Like, the more we on. talk about it, the less it makes sense for them, actually. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, 5.4 mil altogether right there, and we're not everything will be cleared in 23-24, so it's still a while to go. And, well, and the thing I was thinking with Carolina is this um, Jesperi Kakanyemi offer sheet was a one-year bumped-up deal, and then he's going to come back to Earth at like you know half of that at three or four next year. So that mm-hmm. would be the space for it, but that's not until his next contract. So, ay 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 ay. Do we want to uh, want to play this game with the Leafs instead? <laughs> not really. <Yes. laughs> All right. So uh, not really. <laughs> we are going to go to break, and uh, when we come back, we're going to play. The price is uh, the price is close. <laughs> the price is dangerous. 
the price is wrong. Um, the price is climbing, whatever we want to call it. We're going to, uh, <laughs> we're going to get into the Leafs contracts and how things look for next year and uh, where the red flags are so far. Be right back. Yeah, I used this for the, uh, the Raptors podcast we did. Unfortunately, the Raptors are not doing so hot right now. <laughs> not so great. <laughs> All right, welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. I'm just going to slowly fade this out as badly as I can. Oh, that was awful. <laughs> so, uh, welcome back. Um, shout out to uh, Scotty Barnes for playing well despite the Raptors' woes. Um, rookie of the year rookie of the year let's go buddy um also just real quick before we get back into this the jays uh some news just the game was getting this is this is how little people were tweeting about the anaheim game uh so the jays signed kevin gosman a new pitcher during the first period and my twitter was literally just all people talking about the blue jays because everyone's like well there's no nothing's going on in this game so until something happens i'm gonna pay attention to jay's twitter um, so that was exciting, but it was also um, foreboding that Robbie Ray was going to leave. So Robbie Ray just signed. He just signed. Yeah, right before we started. Um, Seattle with Seattle. I think it was like oh, what con- it was a hundred and man, these hundred and fifteen. I think for five years. Five years, hundred and fifteen million. Ooh, baby. And the Jays had him for a million dollars. I think this year, yeah. coming off an injury, and he won the Cy Young. So uh, good for Robbie Ray for cashing in. Do you see Scherzer? Scherzer with like three what? years at like forty three million a year. For, and he's, he's thirty seven. They signed him from thirty seven to forty at forty something million. Like, are you insane? Baseball money makes no sense to me, man. Uh, so the, the Jays lose Robbie Ray and Marcus Simeon. Sad, sad. Marcus Simeon goes to the uh, the evil Texas Rangers of all places too. I mean, oh, they I haven't really say. been rivals since the Bautista days, but they suck. But you got a bag, that's for sure. <laughs> no kidding. All I gotta say, I love my Toronto sports teams. You know, I'm not at the biggest uh, Jays and Raps. Uh, I'm a fan, but I just don't follow, so I can't really banter with you guys. But all I think about is, where did I go wrong in life? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like besides being born female, because you know we don't make that much com- compared, but. Where did I go wrong? Like, oh, I know I we compare the baseball. Leafs numbers, but yeah, Johnny, we, we could have been 20 mil. If I were a, a foot taller. There's a, actually a kid <laughs> from my hometown who um, his dad played for the Jays as a pitcher, and now he's in the MLB. I think he plays for like the Cardinals. Kyle Quantrill, shout out. Oh, wow. really? Eh? Yeah. Fancy. Hmm. His, uh, his dad, Quantrill Chevrolet, uh, is what I would know them from, as the car dealership <laughs> in town. And then one day someone told me that he made it to the MLB. That's pretty cool. Nice. That's awesome. And shout out, Chris Birdie's cousin is in the MLB, too. There's a Birdie in the league. Yeah, I found that out last week. Yeah. Wild. Um, so, let's get into it. Ding! I have a, t- I have a ding sound I can do. Uh, let's do a little... Uh, where's my ding? Ding! Oh. Ding 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 ding! <laughs> I turned the volume down because I faded it out. This is a this is a great great technical uh, podcast, guys. I'm so good at this. We're gonna play. Price is whatever. <laughs> <laughs> because you copyright, yay! So uh, what this game is gonna be? 
is uh, kind of like a uh, classic TV show where we're going to do the closest without going over the salary cap, hopefully, in re-signing the Leafs for next year. So I've got Cap Friendly open here. Shout out to Cap Friendly for all their hard work in putting these numbers together uh, in such an easy way to read. So we've got a lot of RFAs and UFAs into the, the year. Let's start with the forwards. So Andre Kasha currently at 1.25 mil. Uh, what do we think he's worth? Is he worth keeping at 1.25 mil or has he earned himself a raise? Hmm. This is a tough one because Kasha is in the middle, middle of the line. You know, he's center of the group here. If you look at the entire roster and he has to stay healthy. That's number one. The guy has to stay healthy. And I know he's had two games off so far, but it doesn't look like anything serious. But I'm just, I have Jack Campbell in the back of my mind. So I really hope he signs for similar, you know, not much of a raise. I really hope it stays, but it's not going to happen if they keep him. But I don't know what you think, Slutty. I don't know. I wouldn't do anything over maybe 1.7. Two million even seems a little rich for him like you said given the soupy contract coming up yeah a tiny tiny little raise yeah because what's um what would that cost can we just uh get camp and cache as a package deal like one price you know they're they're besties they're bros so two for one (laughs) like that would be nice even like a three times 1.75 that's three years 5.25 mil like maybe that's if you give him three years, that's a bit of term. So, you know, the dollar amount might not matter as much. Mm-hmm. Especially if you keep him with Conf, because Conf is signed through to next year at a, yes. at a million and a half. That's worth noting, yeah. is that we okay. have David David Conf signed for next year. So it's just Kasha whose contract runs out. So to keep them together, like maybe match his contract, say we'll, we'll, we'll give you what Conf makes at one and a half. And to have some continuity on that line, that'd be really great, I yeah. think. I think I think he's earned like sticking on that line, and if mm-hmm. it means them matching that contract, or maybe saying we'll give you one seven five, and then we'll match comp with that when his runs out, like I we'll think that's even, a fair number for them. We'll throw in a condo so you guys can cuddle each other at night and stay together yeah. forever and always. Just yeah, one point five in a condo. <laughs> so say we do it at um, at matching comp. That's an extra two hundred and fifty grand that we are. Currently adding. Okay, moving on. Okay. Next up is Pierre Engvall at 1.25 as well. Uh, <laughs> you guys know my opinion, but I want to hear yours. I wouldn't give him a raise. Let the guy walk. No. Yeah. He doesn't deserve I wouldn't a even raise. Resign. I, raise aside, I wouldn't even resign him. Yeah. I find he's, he's probably the most replaceable player we have right now. Yeah. And he's one of those players that if he gets traded somewhere else, he's going to pop off. I have a feeling yeah. like Ingval's going to pop the hell off. He's going to play on the first or second line and just go nuts on another team. And unfortunately, the Leafs roster doesn't really have room for him, especially with Mikhaev coming back. So he is a delete for me. Yeah. yeah, unfortunately, I mean, Leafs drafted him back in 2014, seventh overall or seventh round, 188th overall, seventh overall for Pierre Engvall. Could you imagine? Uh, so 188th overall. I mean, he was a, a project of theirs. They tried it out. He's uh, all the way at 25 now. I think it's time we. Uh, I think he's a quality player. They just like Steph said, he doesn't have the room to grow on the roster right now. Yeah, he's, he's kind of limited in his role where he is. And if he does go to another team, I think he will excel. 
Yeah, the problem with the Leafs and playing for this team is that the top two lines are pretty well set. So if you're somebody that's trying to develop and get those minutes, you're not going to. It has to be somebody that is good at playing 10 to 14 minutes a night. Like, that's what yeah. they need. And yeah. that's why and David Kampf and, and Andre Kasha work so well. And Engvall and, you know, somebody like, we'll get to Ilya Mikheyev, wanting more minutes. It's just not going to happen on this team. Yeah. And he's had his chance. He's had his time. And I actually saw a funny stat that uh, the Kampf, uh, Kasha, Engvall line had way better defensive results with Ingvall on the line in comparison to Simmons on that line like wow. we saw a previous game. So mm-hmm. I know it's not talked about much, right? Because we focus on those shit plays, but <laughs> just to put it bluntly, but yeah, I see Ingvall going, unfortunately. I mean, even mm-hmm. if he is playing well defensively, a lot of his time on the ice is spent in the offensive zone. So it's, yeah. I mean, those numbers might be kind of skewed. Uh, so that's uh, 1.25 off of our cap. So that helps with our little raise for Andre Kasha. Uh, Kyle Clifford at a million. What are we thinking? I know he just got back. Mm-hmm. But uh, a million bucks for uh, for Kyle. Get a, I mean, we moved Wayne Simmons out, or Wayne, moved him out to bring Wayne Simmons in, and now we have both of them. So do we need both at the same price, essentially? Mm, no. And you know what? Totally forgot about Clifford. First game back with the Leafs facing Anaheim and we covered the game and I didn't even bring him up because I didn't even notice him, to be honest. It was one of those things where I know he's not on the team to be a goal scorer, but I don't know. I had no notes. Nothing. I know with time goes on, like he's happy to be a Leaf right now. Leafs are the best team in the league, but to free up that cap space, I think he's another one that's not going to stay. But at a million dollars, is he somebody that you want come playoff time? And I think that'll be tested this year. For a million bucks, I wouldn't mind keeping around. He's got Stanley Cup pedigree. He's really hard to play against. One of those like sandpaper type players. Uh, he'll put up the odd point here and there. And if it's not him, then it has to be somebody. I mean, if we're losing Engvall, a fourth line yeah. of Simmons, Spezza, and Clifford, that's... <laughs> I mean, as a playoff line, I like that. Yeah, I wouldn't do anything over a million, though. No, no, and if anything, if we keep him, it's at a million, and if that's that's going to be it. So yeah. no no change there if he sticks around. If not, eh, but we'll keep him for now. Yeah. Uh, next up, Kirill Semyonov, who keeps playing, and I keep not noticing him. He makes uh, 8.25, or not 8, 0.825, 825 uh, I mean, if somebody gets hurt, I, I think he's kind of in between he's waivers exempt yeah he's got a two-way contract so i don't think it really matters he's just going to go down to the marley's if they keep him yeah and he's only played three games with the leafs no points nine games with the marley's nine points so 27 though he's not like this is true i i didn't realize he was 27 i thought he was like 20 I know (laughs) he looks so young, right? But he's a speedster. We have many of those on the team, though. Like he, we, we have Bunting. We have literally everyone because they're so fast, except for maybe JT or Simmons is pretty speedy too. But yeah, they keep giving this guy a chance because his numbers are showing on paper with the Marlies, and then you have the likes of Josh Hosang, who has thirteen points in fourteen games, and then Joseph. Duzak, who has 14 points in 14 games. So I'm I would be more interested 
with calling up one of those two guys and giving them a chance after maybe another month or so and see if it works, especially if we need a hole to be filled, if someone gets injured before the playoffs or something happens, you know, you know, it's a long season, but yeah. Yeah, because we, we also have to expect to see Nick Robertson and Rodion Amirov mm-hmm. breaking in uh, at some point next year, hopefully. So mm-hmm. I just don't think we have the room for him. Like you said, host Saints are there on there, Robertson. There's a couple of players I'd like to see come up before him. Yeah, and we, we'd like to develop guys before we give a 27-year-old some, yeah. you know, his, yeah. his fighting chance. So I think that one we can let walk. And same thing with Engvall. Like if, if he goes to another team, I can see himself carving out like a decent role. But again, there's just no room in the Leafs roster. Yeah, trade for picks, trade for literally yep. picks because we Which need we them. Need. Recap another sixth or seventh round. Uh, and last on our forward list is Jason Spatza. Well, besides Ooh. Ilya Mikheyev, if I go down to the IR. Mm-hmm. But I, I think we've kind of come to the collective agreement that Ilya Mikheyev is getting traded this yeah. year, like at the, before the deadline, if not by the deadline. Bring yeah. him back. League minimum. He'll happily take it again, I think. He's a great leader in the room. He's carved out a great role in the fourth line. Um, face-off specialist. Can put up points here and there. Love to have him back. Yeah, right. Spets has been fantastic. And I mean, he's only going to be, what will be, 39 next year? Yes. Come yep. on. And Keep it's worth out. noting that he only wants to be a Leaf. If exactly. any other team takes him, he's retiring instantly. It's just a no-brainer. The Leafs or nothing. So, yeah, let him be a Leaf for league minimum and for everything he does, especially the first... A um, couple weeks of the season, we, we were talking about give the guy the C. He's literally leading this team right now. But, oh, he's such an important aspect in the in the locker room, whether, whether it comes from sticks, because he's, we know he's crazy about his sticks, to mm-hmm. staying extra for practices and helping the younger guys and yeah. providing that knowledge, right? Because who else would you want it from other than Jason fucking Spezza? So yeah, the guy's a great role model for the younger players. I think he's a nice gap between the coach and the players too. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. Like Jumbo was a nice role model as well, but Spezza is on this other level where he can actually show you what he wants done as well. And he's a ultimate fixture on the second power play unit. And it's so nice having that other sniper option on the second unit, you know? And yeah. You'll never get all those intangibles for a 750. No. Steel. Absolute steel. So, surprisingly, the forwards is the easiest part of the leaps for a change. Um, <laughs> and we move out of that round $1.825 million under cap hey uh we still have not accounted um or still have not made up for the two and a half million dollar raise that morgan riley has gotten so uh, we are still not there yet okay uh (laughs) that's what makes this so hard so um in the defense we only have two people to deal with that should be easy right wrong it's rasmus sandin and timothy lilligren bridge deals please they, so what are we thinking? Like three, four, five years around that? Like, I would think they'd probably want to lock up Sandine a little longer than Lilligren. You want to give maybe Lily a type of three-year bridge deal, let him prove himself again. 
And uh, with Versandine, man, that guy's going to be a beauty, I think. So if you can get him at five years at a fairly cap-friendly number, do it. So what is a cap-friendly number? Because, I mean, Justin Hall, we have to move out his $2 million to sign either of them. I think that's kind of obvious at this point. Yeah. That's the question, right? Like 3.5? It's hard because the defenders this year have been getting paid. And obviously Sandine's not on that level, but like he's developing, he's showing that he's so mature on the ice and I would give him Hall's contract, two mil. There you go. I think he's going to want a little more probably though. I mean, we got Dermot and Hall on a million and a half and two million when they were in the same position. But I mean, if we talk about, like we said, the raises that, that these defensemen have been getting, bump that up with inflation. Maybe you can get them at two and a half and two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do that at three years. He plays well, and then he gets paid. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. I think, unfortunately, though, um, Lilligren, if he doesn't get the time on ice as he requires, because, you know, he was drafted seven or eight years ago at this point, he's going to be the next one who's going to want to trade. That's just my opinion, because right now he's making, what, 863000 or whatever it is. Next year, he's a restricted free agent, but he's going to want to play every single game and be a active nhl player not sit you know and he deserves it i think i think so too yeah i give him two years again prove himself maybe bridge him after that and yeah i think these guys are sick of the bridge deals they're just they just want to play full time i averaged it at let's say four and a half million dollars for those guys to uh next year yeah. However, we want to divide that. I think that's even like a, 1.5, 3. I think that's a, a reasonable mm-hmm. thing to expect there. Um, oh, I just need to do one more calculation quick. But this is this is getting rough. I don't know how yeah. Dubas is going to pull off. Keep I hope he's guys. listening. I, yeah, Kyle, please. We got you. Oh, and uh, we're doing happy the math birthday. for you. This is uh, Kyle Dubas's birthday today. Oh, yeah. So happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah. Random fact. Um, seven, five, seven, five. Sorry, I just had to uh, add in Riley's um, contract as well as losing Phil Kessel off of the books next year, finally. His $1.2 million comes off. So if we give the defenders $4.5 million, we are $2,217,500 over the cap, and we have not gotten to Jack Campbell yet. Okay. <laughs> Let's oh, talk about it. Oh boy, oh boy. So uh Jack Campbell currently makes $1.65 million. Uh we can pretty much slap an extra six million on that for what he's or five for what he's probably worth. Um what do you think he's gonna take to stay here? Yeah, it's tough, right? And Maple Leaf fan asked us about this too because he's asking what would Campbell get before the season started compared to now and those are two dramatically different numbers because Mm -hmm. back then we had Freddie and he was our number one guy and then Campbell played his way into the AB role or 1A role sorry 
So if you look at a contract like Cal Peterson on the LA Kings, he is making five mil for three years. And he is in a huge timeshare with Jonathan, Jonathan Quick. And he's not even a full-time goaltender. So we're just hoping that he is going to stay the big, big uh, puppy he is and take a discount. But he deserves everything plus more. I'm, I assume it's going to be between the five and seven range. But for that to happen, unfortunately, lots of changes are going to happen. I think Richie's going to be gone. I think Mikhaev's going to be gone. Hall, Lilligran, Mrazek. Mrazek has to be gone for it. Yes. Yeah. Mrazek has to be gone. And I think our buddy Joseph Wall may be fighting for that position with uh, Michael Hutchison. I don't know. He's had his chance. I think mm. Joseph Hall, I don't know. Well, I think by the time you move out, Hall, um, Mikhaev, and Engvall. Engvall and Richie. You have enough money to pay Jack and also bring in like an Aiden Hill or somebody that can back him up. Like mm-hmm. someone that's you can get for less than they paid Peter. Like 3.8 for Morazic is looking real Too bad much. now. Yeah. Like you said, it's probably going to be between five and seven. I'm thinking six. What he's mostly going to be looking for, I think, is term. So you're probably looking at about five years and you're mm-hmm. going to need a cheap backup for him. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if Joseph Wall is, I, like, I'm not convinced that he, like, I I don't want to eat this in, in six months when he is the backup goalie, but like at this point, three games played is way too early to say, yeah. like, trade Peter Morazic and Joseph Wall is the backup. Like it's, this whole thing's you know, kind we, of can, we can be happy like, for him. Soupy's never played want. a full season as a starter, so. And he's proving yeah. to be great, but yeah. I don't think we can take two no. huge chances on goalies in one year. Which um, is why they didn't sign before the season, because they had to see what they really had with him. Exactly. And if they trade Joseph Wall, he's going to turn into Tukarask. So keep him somewhere in the Marlies and have mm-hmm. him fight for that spot with somebody that you can bring in on like a $2 million deal or like they did with David Riddich. You know, mm-hmm. but somebody hopefully better than David Riddich. It has to Peter be Marazic. like two or less. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, because they don't have the any, Marlies. they don't have any uh, picks to trade for a goalie, which is the problem. Like, so they're mm-hmm. they're gonna, we're at the point where it's it's not moving picks for pieces; it's moving pieces for cheaper pieces and picks again. Like we're we've come full circle. Yeah, and there's not much to choose from for our our prospects, right? Like they're still developing. We're not at that range mm-hmm. where, I think, the highest amount of games played by the goalie in the Marlies. We talked about it last episode. Uh, eight games or whatever it was. So, they're all getting in on this big rotation, and I totally agree with you guys. I know I just have him stuck in my head now. I guess it's just this Leafs curse sort of thing. You know, you see something so good for a short period of time, and you think it's the you know plan the parades. <laughs> I have faith but, in Wolde. Like he had some pedigree coming in before the HL, although his AHL numbers hasn't been great. I think mm-hmm. he could do it. And if not, then you're probably looking at a veteran backup who's uh, on his last year or two. Okay, so veteran backups mm-hmm. on their last year at $2 million. I have right in front of me Martin Jones, right. Braden Holtby, Ilya Samsonov, uh, Yaroslav Halak. Halak's a good one. Holtby, maybe. Too. Vancouver's going to be selling everything. Yeah. I think if you can grab Halak from. Vancouver, that would be an awesome backup. Uh, then you got, I mean, Hopi. moving down Jake Ottinger from 
Dallas, they're probably going to resign him and a ton of money. Um, Casey DeSmith is probably going to sign for a bit. Bishop's almost back, though. So I don't know about Ottinger. That's true. What about Anton Forsberg from Ottawa? Their starting goalie? I think he stays <laughs> as 1A. I don't think he stay. I don't think he's staying in Ottawa. Like, who knows? <laughs> they, it's not Matt Murray. Yeah. Hey, what about Matt Murray? Nope. I'm good. You yeah. don't think? No. Nice. No. Makes too much money. Yeah, his ticket's too big. Way too big. Um. But 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 but. So we think like six mil for Jack. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe even upwards of seven. Yeah. What if Dubas gets him at like five and a half? Then that's a great deal. At the end of the day, Jack is breaking records left, right, and center. Like in, no- in November, he's the first Leafs goalie to post a sub one, one thirty goals against average in a calendar month since nineteen fifty three by Harry Lumley. So it's just another record to add to his list and. I don't. I'm just banking on his personality to come through, and I'm assuming at this point. But I think Jack, he's a leaf. He give him the yeah. honorary citizenship, like we've said before, and make him make the guy Canadian so he can play for the Olympic team too. But like, granted, he doesn't know anything to Leafs, but it seems like he gets along really well with the medical staff, the goalie coach. He's really yeah. found his game here for the first time in his NHL career. Um, they've yeah. given him the chance to actually be what he is right now. So. I can definitely see him taking that into account. Yeah. They just want to so, squeeze him. He's so great. I don't know. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so this does. puts us at uh, $6,567,500 over the cap. So we got to lose $6 million worth of players, which we have said, going down the list, Nick Ritchie is two and a half. Uh, Paul's blah, blah, blah. another two. There's 4.5. Mm-hmm. One sec. I got to do this properly. 657500 minus 2,500,000. Calculators live on air. How exciting is this? <laughs> um, and then we're going to lose Pierre Engvall, who's the next one at 1.25. I think I already took his out. Um, Perfect. So you're at 6. I took seven. out Semyonov and um, Engvall already. We're keeping Clifford, and we're going to. What gonna... about Kerfoot? He's got one year left after this. Three point five. You got Nick Robertson yeah. coming up. I had his name down on my notes because he's been the talk of trade mm-hmm. rumors, unfortunately, and. Kerfoot's finally, like, not finally. He's always been a valuable player, but. Like I said earlier, he's been put in this position where he can show that on the score sheet, which we really need from that third line or sec. Well, now he's second line playing with JT, but you know, he's one of those guys that can go anywhere you tell him to go. Plus yeah. he has that center uh, experience, which is a cherry on top, but yeah, I don't want to lose Kerfoot. I don't know. No, I I don't, his value has never been higher. He's a great team guy, but it is a numbers game at this point. And if we're mm-hmm. playing the numbers game, losing um, Justin Hall, Alex Kerfoot, Pierre Engvall, Semyonov, and Nick Ritchie, with the raises we've given everybody, puts us $1,432,500 under the salary cap. 
So we did it. That is assuming all of these guys are traded away for picks and we're not getting anything back for them. So that gives Kyle about a million and a half to play with in getting something instead of nothing. So uh, there's a way it works is what we've proven (laughs) uh, short form. I think that was a a nice little 20 minute exercise in uh, how tough it is to be the GM of a uh, hockey league, uh, national hockey league team. I think we can do it. Sign us up. Uh, I'll pin us in our, the next interview. Uh, whenever yep. that is, I think we're ready. <laughs> this I'm is where we went man. wrong in life. We're meant to be yep. GMs. Our offices are GMs. just as nice as Kyle Davis's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you guys see? Okay, that was a, that was a joke from uh, the um, All or Nothing. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> everybody was making fun of his office. because Especially looks like, at the Rico. Looks like trash. <laughs> Oh, it was well, pretty underwhelming for you know he's Kyle mm. Dubas, the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. All right. So that is the end of um, our little. Not prices right. The prices whatever. The prices whatever. So uh, thanks everybody for tuning into that. We're gonna uh, we'll we'll play that with uh, probably another team as we get closer to trade deadline day, especially with the fire sales that are currently buzzing around a couple teams. We've got general manager changes and uh, head coach changes looming. So should get interesting. Yeah. Anything you guys want to uh, sign off with before we get out of here? Leafs are on top, baby. I just got to yeah, say top. it again. Uh, <laughs> we would be first if uh, Washington didn't have one game in hand, but we're riding the wave right now. And unfortunately, you know, with huge winning streaks come some down, down times because they can't win every single game. So I expect a loss coming soon. Unfortunately, I hope it's not at the game we are going to next that Tuesday is a good against point. Columbus. Very good point. That is a good but, point. Uh, brace yourselves, Leaf Nation, and please don't overreact. Remember how good this ride was? Yes. yes. And please do not overreact when they lose the next let's game. Let's not get too high and let's not get too low. Exactly. Yes. Um, so once again, shout out to Mission 22 for uh, hooking Steph up and the rest of us with some tickets. So we will be at the game next Tuesday against Columbus. If you're going, hit us up. We Big can- shout out. Check them uh, out on Twitter. Yeah, and we'll be recording from uh, an undisclosed location, all pirate style. <laughs> so uh, remember um, our code word if you didn't get it before. Uh, should I say it again, or do we have to, like, should we make sure that people listened earlier? Um, well, uh, give them a one free pass. You know what? Yeah. Pass this time. The one. Roasted duck is the code word. So send us roasted duck on Twitter or on Instagram. That is me running Twitter and Steph running Instagram. Either of us will get that message. Make sure you have retweeted our contest, which is at the top of our Twitter and you can win some leaf stuff. We've got tons. I'm looking at a whole pile of leaf gear in front of me right now. It's awesome. It's a shrine. uh, It's a shrine and you can build your own at home. Thanks to us. Look at this. He's got a crawl from the bear. So cute. Follow us everywhere. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. Bieber balls are out. Get them while you can. Get them while you can, yeah.